Hey guys, welcome to the number 221 ever episode of Always Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn, and today we are back with another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. In today's episode, we are going to be recapping the Wizards' victory last night, the great victory, I should say, over the Philadelphia 76ers, and then going to preview their matchup tonight at home again against the Phoenix Suns. It should be a good one, so let's not waste any time. Let's get into this. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn. So let's start off here by recapping this Wizards-76ers game. And this one was a great one. And to be honest, I was completely right. The Wizards had no answer for Joel Embiid. He had 32 field goal attempts, finishing with 48 points, 10 rebounds, 3 steals, 3 blocks, had 14 free throw attempts, made 13 of them. Very impressive for a center, even though I know he's a good shooter. Still, just as a big man, that height is still very impressive to make 13 of 14 free throws. And... Overall, just a really, really, really impressive performance uh, from Joel Embiid. James Harden also played well. He shot 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Shot super efficiently, actually, from the field. 26.7 rebounds, 13 assists, and 3 steals. So, very efficient there. And then Tobias Harris added on 15 points. And he did great driving onto the paint. But outside of kind of Embiid to Harden and then, uh, you know, some Harris buckets every now and then, the 76ers really had no offense. B.J. Tucker in 19 minutes had no points at all. Um, they had players off the bench who just had no points at all. And the Wizards' defense, I do need to give the Wizards some credit. The Wizards' defense down the stretch was terrific. I'm not going to sit here and say I wasn't. I mean, Denny Avdia down the stretch, unbelievable. Daniel Gafford and Christoph Porzingis were both amazing at guarding Joel Embiid and guarding that paint game and containing uh, the paint game as much as they can. Again, Embiid still had a very good game. But you can't blame Gafford and Porzingis for that. Gafford and Porzingis were being great rim protectors when Embiid was off the floor, and they played great defense defense down the stretch. Those are two things you want from this two-big lineup. And yes, the Wizards started Gafford again, and the two-big lineup worked again. It is unbelievable how this two-big lineup is working, how it continues to work. And it's a very positive thing for me as a Wizards fan uh, You see that. You know, what I really also loved in this game is that, you know, Bradley Beal was terrific in the first half. 19 points from Bradley Beal. Uh, second half, he needs to do more. He does have a hamstring injury. He injured, I think he, I think last time he injured his left hamstring, or now he has his right. Something with the hamstrings. He hurt another hamstring. So he is out again. He shouldn't be out for too long of a time, but he is going to be out tonight, which is unfortunate because Beal's playing great. Again, I would have liked to see him do more in the second half. It was not his best day um, in the second half, but in the first half, he was great. He shot the ball really efficiently. I would like to see him get to the line more. 
But, you know, overall, not a terrible performance uh, from the $251 million Super Mega Max Man, whatever you want to call him. Uh, Christoph Porzingis had a really good game. 24 points, 10 rebounds, 2 steals, 3 blocks, a plus 14 plus minus. While shooting 7 of 15 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, and 7 of 9 from the line. It was a very efficient day and a very good day for Christoph Porzingis. He was kind of that offensive player the Wizards could rely on in the second half. And, you know, he was able to get some rebounds, again, do really well when protecting the uh, when it comes to rim protecting, Daniel Gafford didn't miss a shot the entire game. He had eight points, uh, six rebounds, a steal, and a block. He did his job defensively. Um, and then again, I I don't know if I mentioned this yet, but I know I definitely wanted to come here and mention it. Even though we literally had one rebound and nothing else, not an assist, not a steal, not a block, not a turnover, 14 points from Rui Hachimura while shooting 50% from the field is very good. And I'm telling you, even though Rui Hachimura is not the biggest player, maybe not what you what Wizards fans are maybe hoping he could be coming out of Gonzaga, he is just such a consistent score off the bench. He's not like a six-man of the year or anything like that, but like he just like will consistently get you double digits off the bench. Is, is that worth the eighth overall pick? I mean, that's a TBD. That's to be determined. Um, but I mean, I think I mean you couldn't ask for more you couldn't ask more of Rui Hachimura in this game. Um, interesting to see uh, Tosh Gibson play well, but overall, really good day for the Wizards. I'd like to see Kyle Kuzma shoot more efficiently, uh, but over and turn the ball over less, of course. But that's that's always been a problem for Kuzma. But no matter what, I mean, like you know, when you have two scores that take the load, you know, when you play great and you play great defense and you score fourteen points, have a plus eleven, you can't get too mad at the guy. So I shared some stats, but. Overall, like, the game really came down to the 76ers couldn't make a three-point shot. They made six out of 31 the entire game. That's 19.4%. When the when the opposing team isn't doesn't even make 20% of the three-pointers, in this, in this league today, in the modern-day NBA, you're not going to win a basketball game when you do that. But the 76ers... Um, did and you can't blame again, but you can't blame the Wizards defense for having them miss shots. They played a good overall game, and if Beal was healthy, I would a hundred percent pick the Wizards to beat the Suns tonight. Did I still do that? You'll have to wait and see. But overall, a very good performance. But what impressed me the most is the defense down the stretch. I felt like this entire time the Wizards had a big lead, and then it was kind of diminished uh, towards the, the fourth quarter, and it just felt like any moment, any moment in the game, it was just it was the Seventy Sixers just about to take it away. They were just about to grab it. Sorry for the noise in the background. But it, it felt like they were just about to grab it and take it away. And the Wizards, every single play down the stretch of the fourth quarter, play good defense. And that's what you need out of a team. If you want to contend in the NBA, you need to do your offensive portion and then play good defense. And if you could play good defense against good teams down the stretch, success will follow. And that's exactly what happened in this game. We are going to move on to the Wizards' preview tonight. The Suns are still highly injured. Remember, the Wizards beat them in Phoenix because of their injuries. Devin Booker is still out. Cameron Johnson is still out. Campaign is out. Landry Shamit, that's a big one because he had 31 points in the off the bench in the Wizards' last matchup against the Suns. Bismack Biombo is also questionable. But yeah, Landry Shamit being out is a bigger deal um, than I think most people will think. I have the Wizards actually winning this game even without Bradley Beal, getting an 111 to 110 uh, victory to start starting lineups for this game for the Wizards. It, uh, I do think, I don't have the exact word, but I do think they will run this true big lineup, and that is with Monte Morris. Um, uh, um, it will be Monte Morris, but then without, um, without Bradley Beal, I think they will slide either Denny Avdi or Corey Kispert to the two. I don't have the exact word on that yet. Kuzma at the three. 
four being Gaff- four and five being Gafford and Porzingis in the front court, and then um for the for the Phoenix Suns, uh you know their lineup should stay you know around the same. You know with D book out, they do need to make a decision on who they will put a shooting guard. I think it will be Damian Lee. So the starting lineup would look like Chris Paul, Damian Lee, Mikael Bridges, Torrey Craig, and DeAndre Ayton. Again, I do have the Wizards securing a one point victory, starting off with my Coburn's catch. I think the Wizards will win this game because of their two big lineup with Kristaps Porzingis and Daniel Gaffer. You know, with starting starting a power forward, as I just mentioned for the Suns, is Torrey Craig. And even though he's a really good defender, he's not that good of a defender in the post. Trust me, I would love to have Torrey Craig as a Wizard. But he's a really good perimeter defender. He's not going to be able to guard whoever needs to guard either Gafford or Porzingis. His build just doesn't match up against them, especially in the post. So I think even though the Suns have DeAndre Ayton, the Wizards will win the points in the paint battle, and it will open up the entire perimeter. So expect some threes made from Rui Hachimura, from Corey Kispery, maybe even from Denny Avdia, and definitely see Kyle Kuzma scoring on the perimeter because of the Wizards' first half play in the paint. The Suns will have to adjust, and then the Wizards will have to make their shots, and we'll see if they can do that. I don't think they'll be super efficient for three, probably around 33 to 36%, but it will be good enough um, to get uh, the job done. Uh, but yeah, I think you know, it's just the fact that their two big lineup will be too dominant. And, you know, with Torrey Craig starting a power forward, he, the Suns just won't have an answer. A surprising statement, I think the Wizards bench will be pretty even with Phoenix. If you don't remember, the only reason why the Wizards won that game is because their starter stepped up. And they were without Christoph Porzingis. If they won their last game against the Suns, I should say. But it's because their bench unit got over... Like, they, they just got, like, manslaughtered. And... Landry Shaman. It was because Landry Shaman had 31 points off the bench in their last meeting, and so it just allowed the entire bench to get going, and they easily outscored the Wizards. But now the Wizards have really Hachimura back, and I just mentioned how consistent of a score he is coming off the bench. And then, not to mention, now they have DeLon Wright. They actually have a point guard that could, you know, run the offense there. So, um, you know, they have a true point guard that can actually run the offense. So, Phoenix still may have some more bench points. They may. But... I think it will be very close, and if it's close, the starters could do what they need to do against an injured Suns team, and I think that's exactly what will happen. Spread time, the spread is Wizards plus 2.5, Wizards minus 2.5, over-under is 220.5. I did the exact same spread. It makes a lot of sense having the Suns slightly favored, and I have 221 points as my over-under, so 220.5 makes a lot of sense. Fantasy outlook, I have Kristaps Porzingis getting 55 to 60 fantasy points. I have DeAndre Ayton getting 50 to 55 fantasy points. I have Kyle Kuzma to get forty. I have Kyle Kuzma getting forty to forty-five fantasy points, and I have Daniel Gafford getting thirty to thirty-five fantasy points. What punctuation do you put on that percentage? I think ESPN giving the Wizards a fifty-three point six percent chance of winning is a little off because even though I understand where ESPN is coming from, the Wizards are a hot team. Uh, you know, the Wizards are a hot team, and the Suns are on. The, on they're at home against a team that's lost an injured team that's lost three of its past four. You definitely think that team should be favored. The Suns have just been more consistent, and the Wizards have been very inconsistent throughout the year. I'd have the Suns favored, so I give this a question mark. But having the Wizards favored isn't anything I can see. And last, but certainly not least, who you got? 
I think it's going to be Daniel Gafford. I think it's going to be most one of the most impactful players on the floor tonight. Gafford is the other big next to Porzingis. However, they have completely different skill sets, with Porzingis being able to shoot from the outside and Gafford being that more strong, athletic guy um, in the paint. So, um, with, again, as I just mentioned, with the lack of height the Suns have in the front court, I think they'll have a lot of open opportunities in the paint in the first half, giving him his fourth double-double of the season. I see him having 13 points, 11 rebounds, one assist, one steal, two blocks, six or seven from the field. That's 85.7%. He won't attempt a three-pointer, as he usually doesn't. He'll make his only free throw. He will have four fouls. He usually gets in foul trouble. He's 10. He, he's 10 to do that, and he will have no turnovers in the matchup, but the Wizards will now win four out of five and their third straight victory. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, view. I'm not going to say who it is yet, and I said this last episode too, but we are going to have a special guest on the show um, over the next week, so you do want to stay tuned for that. That is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to uh, talk sports with him on the uh, Cool Sports Network. I always talk with Chase. Don't, again, don't want to spoil the name yet. That will be a surprise, but you want to stay tuned on Cool Sports Network. I always talk with Chase to see uh, when that will come out. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, view. Go Wizards, and of course, as always, I'll see you next time. Peace.